This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. It is going to be a great day and a great morning. So can I start off sharing a forgiveness story to you folks? So here's a beautiful story. Just was told to me before church, and we did a little texting to get permission to share it. We're good. Beautiful story. Story of George. And George had joined a New Church Live small group on practicing forgiveness. George came to one, one of the first meetings, came to the first one, said he enjoyed it, but the group leader hadn't seen him since then. Now, obviously, what's your assumption when somebody comes to one and then doesn't come back to anymore? doesn't work, which is fine. Like small groups work for some people, they don't work for others. That's just the way it goes. Just like service things work for some people, they don't work for others. So obviously a logical assumption wasn't working. So the group leader decided to just track down so that you wouldn't have like that awkward moment, you know? And, and he said, George, I just want you to know it's totally fine if you don't love small groups. That's okay. That people, it doesn't fit everybody. And George went like, no, no, I loved it. It was, it changed my life. I went home and I read the book, which is pretty impressive. I read the book. I loved it so much. I called up my son I haven't talked to in two years. We talked. He heard my story. I heard his. We forgave each other. And I've been watching his kids play sports on Wednesday nights. Is that good? Is that a little miracle? (laughs) That's God's economy, where we can't make that stuff up. You know, that's God's work in this world. And that is so much of what practicing forgiveness is. And it's not a surprise, right? We've had this series, Why Forgive? So you can be free to love, forgiving others, being forgiven, self-forgiveness. And then we hear in stories like George, we hear in our own story, please say it out loud, that last one we see stories of? Transformation. Transformation, where life, life just shifts in these ways that are just incredibly beautiful. Now, the way we started this series, because I want to kind of pull back around, uh, you know, create a circle here. The way we started this series was it was a real straightforward question. And the question was, where's your point of pain right now? Could forgiveness be part of the answer? And obviously, when you hear stories like George's, it can be part of the answer. It can be part of the answer. It doesn't mean that it's, it's simple answers. They can be simple, but it's never going to be easy. It can be challenging, but it also can be beautiful. And I'm going to introduce you to a new word that you can use in Scrabble and win the game. This is a Spanish word. I have no idea how to pronounce it. There's some smart aleck in the audience who's like, Chuck, I have five years of Spanish. You're going to nail it. So it's this crazy word. Gaza to Gadazzi thing. Now, I'm going to come back to that word. I heard somebody mumbling right there with the head of pronounce. I'm going to come back to that word, and it's a good word to know, because I think it's a word that comes down to what forgiveness maybe is all about. When, when, when we look at something like forgiveness, it's interesting when you look at the Bible, right? People face all sorts of challenges, And a lot of the time, people go to the Bible to try to understand why are all these challenges? Why did this person do that to me? Why did I do that to them? Why is the world the way it is? Why is there war? Why is there famine? Why are there all all these very difficult, challenging times? 
times like what we live very much in the midst of. Listen carefully. The Bible does not, and neither do the, does the theology of the new church, spend a whole ton of time explaining why those things happen. Does spend some time, but not a whole ton of it. Where the focus tends to be is not on the whys and the wherefores, but on the this is what you do. Here's your job description. And isn't that interesting? Doesn't go into a lot about why people hurt us, why we hurt other people. It just says, do this. Seven times seven, 77 times. Keep doing it, keep doing it. I think forgiveness comes within that. Now I'm gonna read you as the final part of our series here, a story about forgiveness. And it's a beautiful story about, about a group joining together with God. I mean, it's, it's fascinating, right? Like, I think we need to keep coming back to that the word Emmanuel, sometimes in the Bible, you hear God referred to Emmanuel, a beautiful name, and it means God with us. And that's so much of what Christ is showing us is what does God with us look like, act like, talk like, do like. So here's the story. If you're falling from at home, this is from Mark 2. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. So many gathered that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. In other words, he packed the church. Some men came, bringing to him a paralytic, carried by four of them, four of his friends. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus, and after digging through it, lowered the mat with the paralyzed man on it, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, now you have to sort of picture this. Picture a room just like packed. And at that time, you know, roofs were made of sort of stick and mud and brick. And so like they're, 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 they're working at getting a little breakthrough here. Yeah, double meaning there. They're working at getting a little breakthrough here. And I can picture it. I can picture all these people. And here is Jesus. And he's, he's sharing thoughts and, and feelings and, and maybe doing some things for healing people. And all of a sudden, like dust starts to fall from the roof. And then light starts to break through. And then a space starts to grow. And then down comes this man who'd been paralyzed for who knows how long. Now, what's fascinating about this, folks, at that time, I've said this before, I know we got a lot of first timers here today, so I'm just, this is just a reminder. Paralysis, any form of disease was considered a result of a spiritual wrong. You had done something wrong, that's why you were paralyzed. You had done something wrong, that's why you had leprosy. You had done something wrong, that's why you were blind. Christ, of course, turns that totally upside down with this beautiful line, this beautiful, beautiful line. Son, your sins are forgiven. Look at this picture. That should give you chills. That gentle touch. Son, your sins are forgiven. Notice it's not like faith healing at this moment. Nike gets up and walk. It's just starting with this basic piece of your sins are forgiven. And this man had spent so much time, no doubt, wondering why me. And here he gets offered a beautiful, beautiful form of forgiveness. 
The story goes on. Now, some of the teachers of the law, those are the Pharisees, those are the clergy, were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? They were very much, and I'm going to talk about this in a minute, which one of those two buckets did they like the best? The unforgiveness bucket. The unforgiveness bucket. Now, some teachers of the law were sitting there. Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this is what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said, and why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man, the Son of Humanity, number one way that God calls himself, Jesus calls himself here, the Son of Humanity, his authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I tell you, take up your mat and go home. Take up your mat, go home. He got up, took his mat, walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone. And they praised God saying, we've never seen anything like this. I'm thinking, yeah, never seen anything like that. Beautiful story of forgiveness. A beautiful story that gives us a sense of, of, of like the energy around this and, and that, that this is something we all join in. I'm going to come back to that a lot. We all join in. Could we all say that together, joining in? We all join in. We all join in the work of forgiveness. We all join in the work of forgiveness. That's so important because forgiveness, I think a lot of spirituality can get caught up in sort of a, it's all about private salvation stuff. That private salvation, yeah, you want to work on yourself, but the only way to work on yourself is to work in relationship with others. Christianity, New Church Christianity is a relational faith. If you're doing it all by yourself, maybe you're missing some pieces that could really enliven your life. So how do we do that? Well, I think one way to look at it is we look at these buckets. So I need to say, my dear friend Larry said a really bad joke. He said, Chuck, is this the sermon theme today your bucket list? No. But I do want to kind of look at two buckets, the non-forgiveness bucket and the forgiveness bucket. And I think we can draw from either one of these. And I want you folks thinking, matter of fact, I would take a note on your phone about this. Each of these has different energies. And we need to be clear that, that each kind of energy carries with it a whole way of thinking, a whole way of being. And we need to get really clear on what the two forms of energy are and how it works and, and how it can kind of work. So I, I want to talk just a bit for how I see it, how I see it maybe for some other people as well. I don't know whether it's, it particularly will fit you, but I, but I think it fits the way a lot of people experience it. This non-forgiveness bucket is exhausting. Could I get an amen on that? Amen. You're carrying around a story. You're carrying around, we looked at a few weeks ago at the story of the woman caught in adultery throwing stones. You're carrying around a big stack of stones ready to throw at people. Some of those stones are dated 1978, by the way. That's how old they are. And you're ready, you got them all, you got your ammunition, you're just ready for somebody to say, throw. It's exhausting, but this, totally honest with you. The problem is, for me, it's exhausting, but man, is it satisfying. This is actually a pretty satisfying bucket. I like to be here because I know the way the world works in this this place. 
I'm saying that in quotes, and I'm saying that somewhat, you know, with tongue-in-cheek, obviously. How I imagine the world to work. Why I imagine other people do what they do. So I can continue to draw from that energy, and that energy actually will exhaust me at the same time that it feels strangely satisfying. I've said this statistic before. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to repeat it a lot because it's such a good statistic. 95% of the thoughts you think on any given day are the same thoughts you thought yesterday, 80% of which are negative. That's this. It's that unforgiveness bucket. We're just repeated over and over again in our heads. We have this other bucket, the forgiveness bucket. It's much more freeing, but it's hard to do. It's hard to do. It's hard to kind of reach out to it. I, I had a moment at our, at our, uh, at a family dinner, uh, just a few days ago, you know, and, and, and it's, it's why I get really uncomfortable when people say they look up to me. Don't look up to me. All right. I'm, my life is every bit as mess as yours is. Uh, you know, and I was, I was having kind of a rough day. One of the family relationships was strained. Uh, it just so happened to be one of those dinner nights. We've all had that. It happens about once every three months where all your kids get along. Right? We all have those on occasion. Maybe six months. Uh, and they're having a great time and they're just laughing and everything. But, but I've just had a strained, there's a strained relationship in there. So I'm just like, I'm just going to sulk about it. Crazy. Right? I couldn't enter into that joy. It was too hard to enter into that joy that was present at that table. And again, it takes work to start to do it. And that's why I think the forgiveness bucket is so hard. Now, if you look at the comparison here, the Pharisees, they believed this was the bucket. There is no other bucket. They really believed that this was it and that this was their job. Imagine in your life that you have, because you probably do, at least I hope you do, unless you're a saint, you probably have a part of you where you actually believe your job is unforgiveness. The problem is, is, is forgiveness is filled with like this. Could we get a big ooh? Ooh, it's just filled with ooh. Like, you know, I was thinking put a Halloween mask in there or something. Like, it's just filled with ooh. It just, it just doesn't work. Jesus comes along and he does something so different again and again. He actually does this. There is no other bucket. There's only forgiveness. Because there is only love. That's why he was able to attract and serve so many people. Many of these people were so used to this. And along comes someone like this. And it's revolutionary. Now as the band comes out, as the band comes out, think about your life lived this way. Think about the freedom to love, because that's what this is all about, that comes when we can put away that other bucket and just live here. Think about what the job to do is when we really try to just transform and as best we can just come from this place. And the beautiful part, when we come back, I'm going to share it with you, is this is a journey you don't have to take alone. This is a beautiful journey, an amazing journey a transformative journey that actually we take together. Amen. Beautiful song there. And that idea of, of transformation down in our soul.
Now, to think of that transformation, remember that crazy big Spanish word I gave you at the beginning? Don't, don't even try to pronounce it. But I want, I want to talk now about what that word means and how it's all connected. Well, this is where we get that word from. The beautiful windswept island of Gatsalatatsi, whatever. And it's tiny hermitage of San Juan. You see the tiny little church up there at the top? Of San Juan, make for one of those magical sites in the north of Spain. Located off the coast of Biscay between the towns of Bacchio and Bermeo, the island is only accessible from the mainland on foot via a spectacular stone causeway which winds up across the rocks and sea to the chapel to summit. Isn't that pretty I mean, they built that by hand. That's pretty incredible. Next slide. Look at that, folks. That beautiful or what? Gorgeous. So this word has now become slang in Spanish. Take a look at what it means. Slang for it's a lot of steps, but worth it. (laughs) Isn't that good? It's a lot of steps, but worth it. And I think that's the way this journey of forgiveness is. It's a lot of steps, but worth it. And it's, it's not steps. I, I, would, I would urge you not to think of it as steps as like this big, long to-do list. I'm telling you, a lot of you suffer from way too much guilt. So I'm not putting that on you. It's not about like, I, I got to do through two or 200 steps and just do it properly. No, it's about these steps of life. This is, this is what God is doing. There's this step, and then there's this step, and then there's this step, and then there's this step, and I'm just taking one step at a time. And part of life, I think, is, is my mistaken belief that, well, if I didn't have those steps, if I didn't have this event, this event, this event, this event, if I could just erase those, that somehow life would be good. No. That's one of the steps. I, I, that, that should land really deep, just so you know. No, it's, it's, it's just one of the steps. And eventually, I think, we get in our life where we go, yeah, many steps. But man, you got to see the view. Think of George watching his kids on, his grandkids on Wednesday. What a view. That's what really can happen. That can actually be this transformation. See, forgiveness, folks. I said it's something that actually, when we start to, when we try to close, and we try to understand the transformative nature it's something where we have to see it beyond, again, just like private salvation, just kind of a private interaction. It's much more than that. It's a whole way of seeing the world. I love this concept. Forgiveness unifies. I want you to say the unified word there really loud. In unity, please. Forgiveness unifies. Unifies the field of our consciousness. Now, now, that may sound like, like, like really big and really esoteric, but I want to really come back to, you know, yeah, what does it mean when we start to unify the field? I think part of it is we get that upper view and we're able to look down at those steps and go like, oh yeah, that, that part of the trip up to the castle or up to the chapel, that was really hard. But that step, that, that, that step felt really good. And that step, and that step, like, like we start to see that it was all part of a path. That was getting us home. That was getting us home. That was getting you home. That's a very different way of seeing forgiveness, I think. God's love, real important, preach on all the time, is not transactional. It's transformative. Big difference between a transaction and a transformation. 
We tend to do this. God's always pulling us to this. What quote that sort of comes to mind? There's two that come to mind as we look at this. One is from New Church Theology. God is one indivisible entity. The same from eternity to eternity. God's life is present in all, in all its fullness. Not only in people who are good and religious, but also in people who are evil and ungodly. So it means it's very much that Quaker idea from George Fox of, of there is that of God in everyone. Even that person who is so incredibly difficult, who may have done absolutely horrible things to you. There still is that of God in that person. Doesn't mean we excuse it. Doesn't mean we hang out. Doesn't mean that you can't separate from that person. Because that's how you're going to stay safe. And that's actually going to help them in the long run. But it means that even in that separation, we remember there is that of God in that person. Always. That's why they exist. Can't get around it. Can't pretend it's not there. Like that just is. And we hold that, that that's sort of that unicity of God in all of life's experience. That unicity of God in all of life's experience. We then can understand the famous passage, which you've heard probably a thousand times from 1 Corinthians 13. And I'm just going to use a brief line from it. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Very different view of love. That love actually bears all things. That love becomes this fabric that's able to hold everything up. That's able to be deeply forgiving. You can't have that fabric without forgiveness. It just, it won't work. Try to love somebody without forgiving them. You can't do it. Rubbing your belly, patting your head, chewing gum and walking, however you want to say it, can't do it. Can't put those two together. But love and forgiveness, you can. Unifying the field. Now, I don't want to leave it esoteric. Can I tell you about the kind of day I had yesterday? I want to share some stories with you here. Three stories. All right. See the story in the top left? That's Rich and Bree. It's little Hayden there. Rich and Bree, wonderful, amazing couple from Hillsboro, New Jersey. Yesterday, I baptized their second child. First child, Christian, second son, Hayden, had a great time. The only problem with the guy, he's a big Giants fan, but we move right along. They're like family. They watch online. They're watching right now. When we got done with the baptism... We gathered in a circle to bless this new life, to bless Hayden's path, to talk about those blessings that we have. A circle, a fabric, a unity. No doubt there's hard things as with any family systems present in that circle, doesn't matter. There's a unity that's palpable a love of forgiveness in that moment. The middle picture there, see the barn? Did a funeral for another parishioner after coming, actually right, went right from the, went right from the baptism to the memorial service. 
for Nancy. And it was a beautiful service. Lots of you were there, actually. Beautiful in a barn, hearing people talk. We closed the service. Fill in the blank for me. We closed the service by all gathering in a circle. Now, were there people there with their heart broken? Yes. Were there people laughing about some cherished memory that they held with Nancy? Was that true too? Yes. Love bears all things. Love bears all things. No doubt, even though Nancy had lived this exemplary life, no doubt forgiveness had to show up for some people, and I'm sure it did. Because love bears all things. So a circle of a family, a circle of friends and family, all gathered around in this unity. Everything belongs. And then a much smaller picture, but a beautiful one that got me a little teary. Our buddy Chris. Chris, we're thinking about you, and on behalf of the whole congregation, we love you to pieces. Chris fell off a ladder, and he, he, he sent me a little funny text. He said, Chuck, you know what? Great that you're talking about self-forgiveness, because I can't believe I fell off a ladder. Chris broke his back, was in the ICU in Abington Hospital. He's on the mend. It's going to take him a little bit of time. And then on Facebook, Mike Midford... Mike's a great guy, worth the price of admission. Great guy. It's a little picture of the two of them, and Mike has gone over to visit Chris, and uh, Deborah, Chris's wife, is, uh, is, needs some help with getting Chris back home, so Mike helps out with all that. And I can just see the picture. Much smaller, but still in the shape of a circle. That's the fabric, folks, that I'm talking about. That's the way I think forgiveness can start to work. And we keep coming back to moments like that. I mean, I'm, I'm driving back home, and I, I'm, I'm driving back on Skipback Pike, and I'm thinking, how can you even put words around it? This is so good and so precious I have a hard time even finding words for it. But I know, I know that this is the fabric that we should all be seeking to create in our lives. Pastors don't create it. They just get paid to witness it, frankly. And that witnessing is so powerful to see. And you see it again and again and again. And where we get to at that point, we come to participate in a divinity, in a love. Please say the F word there. In a tender, in a tender forgiveness that allows us to be that large. And I'm thinking about the size of the circle. To be that large, large enough so that we come to accept and acknowledge everything in our experience without expelling, denying, excluding, or avoiding, where it all starts to somehow 
come together. That's kind of the takeaway for the series. Think about practicing that form of forgiveness. Think about what that might look like for you. Imagine that in your life. And I want to say this too. Maybe we weren't ever made to do it just by ourselves. Maybe God really knew what God was doing. And he created us in a way that we can only do it with each other. As a family. As friends. As communities. As a church. Let's be that. Amen. We're now going to close today's service, and I'm going to do it a little bit differently. What I, what I told Stuart is I said, Stuart, I have no idea how I'm closing today's service, just so you know. So we're going to try something a little different here at the end. There's great, beautiful energy in the room. Ray has a beautiful last song planned for us. I wish I may. I wish I might. Beautiful song. He's going to come out after we do the prayer. He's going to come out. He'll teach you, teach you the main chorus. you got an opportunity to sing it. What I want is this, if you are game, is we have a lot of teenagers who called New Church Live home, which is beautiful. If you are a teenager or a young adult, or even if you're not quite a teenager, that's good. I'm going to invite you to join me right here. Casey and I are officially leading the New Church Live Teenage Choir that's going to be part of this last song. Yes, Casey, I know. It's going to be part of this last song. You're welcome to, again, like the teens, you're welcome to come down here and sing with me. I sing horribly. Don't worry. You'll be great. So you're welcome to come and do as we do this last song. And before that, I want to lead you in a closing prayer. So please join me. So Lord, thank you for your presence here among us today. And Lord, help us to find that wish that wish that we finally discover ways that we can be actually free to love. Free to love other people. Free to love those closest to us. Free to love our family, our community, our church, our world. And help us, Lord, to find that fabric that can hold all those things. That can bear all those things that creates those circles both in times of great blessing and creates that circle in times of great breaking big circles small circles but circles that include you that celebrate forgiveness and that in the end bring us home home together. Thank you for your presence. Be with us as we practice forgiveness, moving that to the very center of our lives. In your name we pray. Amen.
Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv.